Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the April 20th episode of the podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 823 to 829 of the Catechism. 2. The Church is Holy. 823. The Church is held as a matter of faith to be unfailingly holy. This is because Christ, the Son of God, who, with the Father and the Spirit, is hailed as alone holy, loved the Church, his Bride, giving himself up for her so as to sanctify her. He joined her to himself as his body and endowed her with the gift of the Holy Spirit for the glory of God. The Church, then, is the holy people of God, and her members are called saints. 824. United with Christ, the Church is sanctified by him. Through him and with him, she becomes sanctifying. All the activities of the Church are directed as toward their end to the sanctification of men in Christ and the glorification of God. It is in the Church that the fullness of the means of salvation has been deposited. It is in her that, by the grace of God, we acquire holiness. 825. The Church on earth is endowed already with a sanctity that is real though imperfect. In her members, perfect holiness is something yet to be acquired. Strengthened by so many and such great means of salvation, all the faithful, whatever their condition or state, though each in his own way, are called by the Lord to that perfection of sanctity by which the Father himself is perfect. 826. Charity is the soul of holiness to which all are called. It governs, shapes and perfects all the means of sanctification. If the church was a body composed of different members, it couldn't lack the noblest of all. It must have a heart, and a heart burning with love. And I realised that this love alone was the true motive, force, which enabled the other members of the church to act. If it ceased to function, the apostles would forget to preach the gospel. The martyrs would refuse to shed their blood. Love, in fact, is the vocation which includes all others. It is a universe of its own, comprising all time and space. It is eternal. 827. Christ, holy, innocent and undefiled, knew nothing of sin, but came only to expiate the sins of the people. The church, however, clasping sinners to her bosom, at once holy and always in need of purification, Followed, follows constantly the path of penance and renewal. All members of the church, including her, member, in, including her ministers, must acknowledge that they are sinners. In everyone the weeds of sin 
will still be mixed with the good wheat of the gospel until the end of time. Hence the church gathers sinners already caught up in Christ's salvation, but still on the way to holiness. The church is therefore holy, though having sinners in her midst, because she herself has no other life but the life of grace. If they live her life, her members are sanctified. If they move away from her life, they fall into sins and disorders that prevent the radiation of her sanctity. This is why she suffers and does penance for those offences of which she has the power to free her children through the blood of Christ, the gift of the Holy Spirit. 828. By canonizing some of the faithful, or by solemnly proclaiming that they practiced heroic virtue and lived in fidelity to God's grace, the Church recognizes the power of the Spirit of Holiness within her and sustains the hope of believers by, prom- pro- by proposing the saints to them as models and intercessors. The saints have always been the source and origin of renewal in the most difficult moments of the Church's history. Indeed, holiness is the hidden source and infallible measure of her apostolic activity and missionary zeal. 829. But while in the Most Blessed Virgin the Church has already reached that perfection whereby she exists without spot or wrinkle, the faithful strive to conquer sin and increase in holiness so that they turn their eyes to Mary. In her, the Church is already all holy. Okay, very good. So today we're looking at the holiness of the Church. That it's an important attribute. Again, we're following the creed which says that the Church is one holy, catholic and apostolic. So we're at the holy part. And what does this holiness mean? I suppose more than anything else, this holiness is that the Church belongs to Christ. The Church is divine, has a divine master, belongs to Jesus. It's the Church of Christ. And that Christ gives, imparts to the Church, or gives the Church, this gift of holiness. This gift of living not for this world, but for the next world. This gift of being chosen, set aside. Living not in sin, but in virtue. And again, here we have a couple of problems. One, we need to see that the church on this, in this life, the church in this world, is a mixture. That yes, the church is holy, but her members are sinners. Every member of the church on this earth is a sinner. From Pope Francis all the way down, every single one is a sinner. In fact, when the... Pope Francis gave one of his first interviews. They asked him, who are you? And his first words out of his mouth was a sinner. They need to say a sinner redeemed by God. But uh, this is what we all have to discover. That we're called to be holy in the church. The church offers us the possibility. A place to be holy in. And a place where we can become holy. Where we can change. The church has this mission of changing us. Of transforming us. Of passing us from sin to grace, from badness to goodness, 
and that this is what we need to um, take advantage of in the church. The church has this real um, mission more than anything else. You know, the church isn't so, mu- so much a human organization or an organization that's doing something in this life other than making people holy. This is the mission of the church. Then we have to see that, sure, in the church, in this life, there are sinners. And these sins need to be overcome by charity, by love. There was that beautiful section in 826 by St. Teresa of Lisieux, when she's talking about the role of love in the church, that love is the most important thing. And love is what makes the church holy. And love is what makes us as members of the church holy. And we're called to this holiness. Then, yes, in this life, in the next life, in heaven, please God, we won't be, ho- we won't be sinners anymore. We'll be justified fully. But here we have this life that is mixed with the good wheat mixed with the weeds of sin and that we have to wait until the end of time when we will be fully sanctified. That doesn't mean that the church can't make us better. Definitely we can be better than we are at the moment. But full perfection is not in this life. And this is also something that we need to see, that in the church there are many sin- there are many saints and every member of the church in one level is a saint, is holy, But then we have the canonized saints, those that the church proposes to us as perfect models and intercessors. And although they're great models, although they're perfect models, they're not perfect. They're not sinless. I mean, sometimes people get a bit scandalized when they see that uh, somebody says, I don't know, that uh, Mother Teresa um, got angry with somebody. Or that John Paul II listened to somebody's advice that he shouldn't have listened to. And again, every saint that ever was, was a sinner. Every saint. It's not that we can say, well, this saint for the last 20 years of his life didn't have to go to confession. No, the saints are sinners like us, but sinners who have been transformed. Again, the weight of sin wouldn't be as high as the regular person. They'd be less of a sinner than the regular person, but a sinner nonetheless. And this is why we need to see that, um, and that's also helpful for us, because if to become a a saint, it meant that you had to be perfectly without sin in this life, then you and me could never become saints. But if if our saints are also sinners at times, they also have done wrong at times, then this holiness, this sanctity, this sainthood is a goal that each one of us can reach. And that all of us are called to this Holiness. All of us are called to become holy. And again, it finishes up, it uh, doesn't get into it much, but it finishes up by saying that the Blessed Mother, that the Virgin Mary is the Panhagia, as the uh, Greeks call her, the All-Holy. That she is the one who is all-holy, and she is the one that can help us to increase our holiness, to help us to become more holy. So we're invited to look to her, and implore her, in her intercession to allow us to become as holy as we ought to become in this life. So very good. So tomorrow we're going to continue and tomorrow we'll have 8.30 to 8.56. God bless.